Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Ah, uh, yes, time now for your weekly tee box dysfunction, the most dysfunctional show that has taken the golf world by storm alongside the caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This is Maddie and Caddy, the podcast. Hit us up on social media at Maddie and Caddy, M-A-T-T-Y, the word and, C-A-D-D-I-E. That is both the Instagram and the Twitter. If you hit us up on the Instagram at Maddie and Caddy, uh, you saw Justin Thomas working out uh, some some bunker uh, shots, and you also saw uh, the caddy uh, with Stuart Sink. And we'll get to all of that of why, where we are, when we are in just a minute. But, but that's not the only way that you can get in touch with us. Hit us up on the listener line, which is 860-506-6012. That's 860-506-6012. And we actually had a good yeah, and we're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that coming up. Uh, Philip called in and kind of a timely uh, call that he left. So we'll get to that uh, coming up in just a bit. So much to get to on today's podcast. We are so happy about it. Uh, it is our Super Bowl podcast in that we, today's guest, is Super Bowl MVP, yeah. Hall of Famer, and Super Bowl champion, one of the greatest of all time, Marcus Allen. Uh, one of the most memorable runs in NFL history. Uh, Marcus Allen is going to be our guest today. Who takes us down memory lane. Yeah. But also now, the best part, I love Marcus to death because he is a golf addict. Yep. And it's a problem. Oh, we'll get into those stories of him on the driving range. <laughs> so Marcus Allen, the guest. We will also uh, discuss Justin Rose, Tiger Woods. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, so much to get to on this podcast. But I do want to start with this, Caddy. We, again, for the second time in three weeks, are on location. We are at, you know, look, get out of here with this being Phil Mickelson's home tournament. This is my home tournament. You, oh, Matt, Maddie is really? back, yeah. You run this place yeah, for yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maddie is back so in his hometown. Scottsdale, Arizona. We are here for the Waste Management Open. Yes. So happy to be back here. I love this place. I'm going to tell you right now, there are two tournaments that I tell people have to be on your bucket list too one is the Masters because of course the Masters is Easter Sunday Christmas Eve and Christmas morning in church yep that's what it is and you feel that when you go there reverence and then there's the waste management Phoenix Open which is the other tournament that has to be on your bucket list because it is the polar opposite it is Animal House, Bachelor Party, Wedding Crashers, and a modeling contest. Yes. All in one. Modeling show. It is is the greatest. When they say that the Florida-Georgia game is the biggest cocktail party in the country, those people have never been here. So to give you a little bit of a background on this tournament, first of all, we will say this. We are here for a, a very special podcast that we will unveil for you next week. Yes. Uh, we are going to be stationed on the 17th tee during the Pro-Am. Yes. Because it's, it's Wednesday. My, my genius co-host, I'm not going to throw that term around for you often, <laughs> came up with this idea of, hey, the 16th experience for Maddie and the Caddy, but with a twist. What's the twist? The twist is everybody and their cousin is on the 16th tee box. 
And everybody wants to talk to everybody right there on the 16th tee box. And everybody's like, oh, 16, 16, 16. But you know what you never hear? You never hear what happened. Ever. Even if someone hits the green, that's it. And now there's so much going on and there's so many people. There is like local yokel dudes from Horse and Hound magazine right. out there sticking microphones yep. to every single person. And of course, the 16th hole at, at TBC Scottsdale for amateurs is exactly like 17 at TBC Sawgrass. When they get there, you want to have the experience on camera because you're in the Coliseum. The you hell wanna... you do. Sure, yeah, everybody does, man. I know... Jordan Spieth was videotaping Michael Phelps. No, I know, but I'm yeah, no, 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 I get, but 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 Mike, I mean, the 16th at the stadium, of course, TBC Scottsdale. I believe it's it's an easy golf shot. Let's just what? what's about 150 yards. No, but but yeah, okay. it's 150. All right, just on golf paper, it's easy. You throw in a stadium, which is legitimately what it is. Yes, drunk Brads and Chads. Yes. Hot women everywhere. Yes. And people heckling you, it becomes much more difficult, I think, years ago than oh, Sawgrass. Well, no. No, because, see, for Sawgrass, if you want to know how terrifying it is, watch the caddies hit a shot there on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. That's, and we've been in there too. <laughs> we have. Yes. We've one of played us hit there. The green. Yeah. <laughs> in front of in front of a thousand people, one of us hit. <laughs> Wait, the even green. though we never saw. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> no, we did. Yes, you did. We did not see. I had. There were witnesses we didn't there. See ball flight. Yeah, you saw it leave the tee. We saw swing. You saw and then swing. You we saw, saw ball you miraculously flight. show up on the green with one right on the edge. You heard people yelling <laughs> "Hooray!" when it was stayed on the green. They could love water celebrations. <laughs> Maybe they were haters. They might have been hating on me. No, I. I Found the, I found terra firma. I was on the first cut. Doesn't matter. You were safe. I was safe. I was safe on there. It is terrifying in a different way. It, right. In a different way. Because you don't get booed there. That's what I'm saying. So that's what makes this 16th. It's just like anything oh. that you could be thinking about your golf game yes. goes to hell when you step up on that tee box. I wish Oakley would put the sign back there again. Yeah. I know they're probably not a big sponsor with the tour, so they probably – they might have snuck it there that one year. But Oakley had the greatest sign <laughs> in the tunnel from walking off of the 15th yep. to par 5. For the people who've never been there, you play a par 5 15, which is also on an island. Mm -hmm. And after you walk off of there, you're looking at the side of what is now called the Coliseum. And you have to walk through a tunnel – to get to the 16th tee on the par three. And the people at the top, back in the day when that was just bleachers, they would be looking over, we're waiting for you, we're waiting. And then inside the tunnel one year, Oakley put a sign up. And the sign said, rock stars all want to be golfers. Golfers all want to be rock stars. The stage is yours. Welcome to the 16th. Awesome. And it still gives me goosebumps because I'll never forget on – Tournament days, watching guys walk. I would stand at the top by 16, yep. watching, looking down the tunnel, and some guys would rub their hand on that sign like it was Notre Dame, like they were slapping like the champion. play like a yep. champion. Yeah, and other guys wouldn't even look at the sign. Like literally were looking kind of to their left so they didn't have to see the sign because they didn't want to think about it.
See, and that's it. And, and, and Michael's idea, it was genius because there's always a preview show to the 16th. Yes. And then you always get asked about the 16th after the 18th, but too much has happened between 16th, because 17th is another good hole because you can drive the green if you want. Right. So, well, we're going to be tomorrow. This is a really long-winded way of telling you. We're going to be stationed on the 17th and we are going to interview, uh, players and celebrities after, right after the experience. Right after the Right after, their 16th. legs are probably still shaking. Yes. And we're going to do an instantaneous Reaction to yes. the 16th at the Waste Management Open. So we look forward to bringing you that the podcast. The back of your shorts was not that shade of brown when yeah, you teed I'm off sorry. a while ago. Oh, so you did wear your adult diaper today. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, so oh, we are looking smell. forward to that. Uh, our thanks to Sirius XM uh, for everything they're doing for us this week, uh, partnering with them this week to get this Maddie and the Caddy out to you. Uh, looking forward to that. I want to start with Tory Pines. A couple of un- things to unpack at Tory. The first thing is that I am going to – let's lead with Tiger at Tory, just because it was his first event of the year. I said it on last week's podcast when Reggie Jackson was our guest. If you haven't listened to it, download it. The entire catalog's there. Um, I had said that my I wouldn't care if Tiger didn't make the cut. My expectations for him were, were low. As and, well they should have been. And, and, and I thought he did exactly what I expected him to do. I thought he hit the driver better than I expected. He's in that new tailor-made M5 mm-hmm. twist face technology. I thought there were days where he, he had seven or 14 fairways, I think, on Thursday or Friday. And Friday, both. Yeah, yeah so I, look, but I wasn't again, I wasn't going to be enamored by the numbers with Tiger. I was okay with it. You were there. What were you? Um, I tried to tell people just keep expectations low, and it's hard for the real hardcore Tiger fans because every time he tees it up, He's going to win. And it's like that's not realistic expectations. He also had brand new irons in the bag. Yep. Which, All new equipment. Yeah, everything the except the wedges and putter. Yep. But the, and, and the five wood. The five wood still ha- isn't the new one. So he had new driver, new three wood, then three through pitching wedge were all brand spanking new. So he was getting adjusted to all of those at game speed. And yep. he talked about that. The fact that the first – he hit seven out of ten, seven out of fourteen fairways on the first day, and only hit ten greens, mm-hmm. and shot two under, pretty solid. Until you went, well, he played with Xander Schauffele, who hit three fairways. Oh, he was all over the place, and shot three under. Yeah, so he was not happy about that. But you know, they were playing on a south course that wasn't necessarily gettable. Um, and that's why I thought Friday was a little disappointing because he could go get the North Course and he didn't. And but no one went crazy, crazy except low Rom. In the North yeah, on Thursday, with John 10, on Thursday, ten under ten. But the thing is, you were like, "Wow, he must have a four shot lead." Nah, no one. He had a one shot lead because two guys shot nine under, and one guy named Doug Gim, who everyone was like, "Who?" So I mean, when you look back at what Tiger did last week at Torrey Pines, um. I think it was encouraging, but I always got to tell people were like, man, look how he lit it up on the weekend and he came on strong on Sunday. Look, here's the problem with that is it's easy for professional golfers to shoot great scores on the weekend when it doesn't matter. When it doesn't matter. You you just go at that point. You're forgetting every you're forgetting the game plan. You quit. You're swinging. You're like, yeah, whatever. I can't win. I just want to. I just want to finish. Let me get out of here. So now you swing so free. And start fighting because you don't care. Yeah, but I think Tiger's in a different uh, – I don't think he qualifies for what you're talking about because yes, I agree. He does. I don't. I think he's working on so much. I believe that he stops thinking about winning the tournament, but I believe that he's still consciously working on things because That's he knows golfer, this though. is the beginning of his 
2019 season. Yes, but that's every golfer. Would every you not agree, though, that it's encouraging? Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. Knowing that that's there still, that was what was so good, was that all the shots that he had that he had last year yep. were still there. Correct. Watching him hit shots, and then on uh, Saturday and Sunday when he started hitting some fairways, yep. he was like, okay, he's, he's hitting fairways. Now, he did <laughs> made a double bogey after – the middle of the fairway, but that's this. what he would do, and that, that's I what know, was driving me nuts. He would, he like, would do something like that, and then he had the one, but it hung up in the rough, and then he had he blasted it past the hole, then he missed it coming back. He would always, and I said this on Sports Center, I think when you and I were talking on Sports Center, which by the way, there's another go to Maddie and Caddy, both Instagram and Twitter. There's a, a funny video exchange between <laughs> Collins and I. We dive into that um, every time that he would get a stroke and birdie a hole he'd give it back a hole or two later. And so, again... It was great to see bounce-back birdies. I, I love it when he makes a mistake, makes a bogey, and then makes a birdie to follow it up because you're like, all right, the grinder's still there. We're good. But sometimes the bogeys were so bad. I just, But why didn't anybody... This was, this is what was driving me nuts. No one was okay with me just being okay with Tiger this week. They're like, man, blah, blah. I'm all right. Whatever he does, I'm fine with it. What do you mean? <laughs> what, what do you mean, what do I... He's 43. He, he, he played too much last year. He wanted Eastlake. Let him get into a groove. Rory, Rom, yes. Spieth, Rose, Adam Scott. These are the guys that are going out to win now. Yes. Tiger in his head is going to tell you he's winning now. Correct. Tiger's in preseason mode. Tiger's in spring training. Tiger's figuring it kind out. Kind of. Tiger's, Tiger's doing what he says he always wants to do, and that is there are four times a year when I want my game to peak. That's it. If it peaks before then, cool. If I end up beating some dudes, that's cool. That's fine. But I want it to peak at Augusta. I want it to peak now. You, I want it to peak at the PGA Championship. Then I want it to peak at the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. Those are the four times. That being said. When's he out next again? Genesis. And this is this is what the problem for Tiger is. Schedule. Mm-hmm. Schedule is going to be an issue early now for Tiger. Yeah, because some of these events that he would typically skip. And would play and not play. So here's the run that's coming up. Genesis. Riviera You've got Country Pebble. Gen- he's not playing Pebble. He's not playing Genesis after. So it goes Pebble. So we're at Scottsdale this week. Pebble's next yeah, week. Yeah, he's going to go going sequential. Yeah, it goes sequential. goes Pebble. Uh, he's not here in Scottsdale. Not here in Scottsdale. Not playing Pebble Beach for yep. the AT&T. Genesis benefits his foundation. It's run by them, so he's got to play there even though his record at Riviera is horrid. So that takes what the second week of February. Correct. Now, here's where the problem comes in. The week after Genesis is WGC Mexico. No. Why do you say no? I just don't think he'll get into that. He's in. Oh, he already, he, he's in. Oh, I didn't know. He's already qualified. My fault. Yeah, he's already qualified. He, from Off of Eastlake? Oh, yeah, off end world ranking now. Now, That's remember, right. He's back w- and welcome back, Tiger. Welcome he's back, back in the top fifty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> easily now. He's like thirteenth yeah. or something. Something. It's, right. it's something stupid. Only Justin Rose matters because he's put me one. down for a bogey in the scorecard. For that. <laughs> it's okay. Look, I'm in the same position when some of those things too. So, so he's in there. So the problem is, if he plays there, does he play Honda the week after? Does he fly from Mexico City? To Honda to play a Honda. See, I think he and goes that, Honda because he'll go players, but he won't do Valspard in this brook. What about Arnold Palmer? When's Arnie this year? I've Arnie. got to get this new schedule down. Yeah, I know. This is what I'm saying. This so is it, the problem. It goes WGC, 
then it goes Honda, then it goes, then it goes. I'm, I'm pulling it up now because we're yeah. Then people it goes. Are like, Just pick up your phone, idiot. <laughs> we are. Hang on. We're gonna fix this. Use your Google, stupid. All right. Actually, so, I have it here in my calendar. All right. So here we go. So we've got Pebble Beach Genesis Puerto Rico Open. That's also WGC. WGC Mexico. Correct. The Honda Feb 28th through March 3rd. Then Arnold, Arnold Palmer, Palmer, March 7th, March 10th. Players. Then the players. I think he does all of that, but he's done wait, after. Do, wait, does all of that? What do you mean does all of that? He'll do WGC. One. He'll do Honda. He'll do Arnold. He'll do the players. Impossible. But but listen, hear he me out. He can't play four in a row. But then he'll sit out. Valspar. He can't play four in a row. You think he'll, and he'll do, will he do match play at, at Austin Country Club? No. Well, that's, that's the other one that's up in the air. This is the problem. You can't do all of those. But if he, he shuts it down after the players, that's March 14th to the 17th, and then the next time he shows up, it is a tradition like any other. That's April 11th, 11th to the 14th. That's, that's slid a week this year, the Masters. Uh, no. It's always that first week, isn't it? No. No? Uh-uh. Two bogeys. <laughs> um, is it? Oh, yeah, it's always the second week. Yes. Well, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Remember, it always starts... The Monday after the March na- Madness. The National Championship. Correct. Yep. The National Championship is the Monday that the Masters Yeah, because I'm starts. typically watching the National Championship in Columbia, South Carolina. My buddy's bar, the Village Idiot. You know yeah. Brian from the yeah. yeah. So I would watch the thing and then drive down with him. I just See? This whole schedule. But that's what I'm saying. This whole on. schedule thing. This is the problem for Tiger Woods. He can't play four in a row. And then here's the problem with match play. That only gives him a week off before the Masters if he goes to match play. And let's say he makes it to Sunday. He's playing nine rounds of golf competitively. I think, and then going to the Masters. I know, but I think he loves that that Florida golf. It's his home home area. It's all sleep in your own bed. It's he loves the he loves the greens. Yeah, but here's he's not sitting out the players, and he's not sitting out Arnold Palmer where he's won eight times. I know, but he plays three. He's not going to not play the Honda. He could drive home every day. It don't matter. You know what the WGC is? No cut. This will be good. He's definitely sitting out at Innisbrook. We agree Valspar's out. It's out, which sucks. He needed that last year. He just year. finished second there last year. Yeah, but that was, again, different schedule, different year. And different Tiger, kind of. But now that he knows he could go there and had a chance to win, he had a chance to tie. He had a chance to tie and send that into a playoff on the 18th tee box. Although he wussed out and hit iron off of that tee laid back. Whatever, but we don't want to talk yeah, about it's, we're you, know what, he, you know what? He ain't doing that this year. All I'm saying is this stretch of golf coming up is going to be, one, extremely important for him, and yep. then also it's going to be extremely important for his body. Well, he's going to have to get out of his own way, and someone's got to be like, dude, you've, you've got to let one of these go. And I would agree with you. I think Honda would Someone's going to have to say no. Honda would be it. The one he's That's going to be the casualty. I believe that too. But it's not and because because be. Arnold Palmer and the players two prestigious events. Arnold he's always going to he's always going to respect won him. That in 2013 right. as well. With so him. knows he can win it without hitting driver. So I'm about to fall into a trap uh, like I did last year on this podcast because we launched it. Our first one was U.S. Open. We did the one that we shared with you at the Masters. We just played the John Daly interview. I believe we didn't give you the whole podcast of it. Nope. But in yeah. that podcast in the U.S. Open. All year last year, I'm like Justin Rose is going to win a major. Justin Rose is going to win a major. And he did everything but win a major last year. Yes. Based on what we saw at Torrey, I am again falling into the Justin Rose trap. He's by far and away the best player in the world right now. Yep. He's always been one of the best ball strikers in the world. But the strokes gained putting and what he's done with his putter has been magnificent. Yeah. I, look, I, 
you can't convince me he's not one of the masters. He's he's, he's or he's not going to be the favorite. He's so good right now. I know, I know. And he, look, I'm going to tell you something. So I did a little thing for Zurich, you know, because he's one of the ambassadors for Zurich. As is, he's actually been the longest of all the three ambassadors that they had that were on a panel with me. It was myself, Justin Rose, Jason Day, and Billy Horschel. And we all sat up there kind of talking it. And Justin Rose told a really funny story of when he became world number one that he walked into his daughter's room and said, Hey, Alexa, who's the best golfer in the world? That's funny. And we were like, that's awesome. Yeah. And he laughed and he goes, yeah, but Alexa goes, it's Tiger Woods. And then he goes, no, who's world number one right now? And then it was him. Yeah. Which was cool. So talking to Jason Day and Billy Horschel, Mm -hmm. this was Friday night. Yep. And they were like, this dude with these new Hanma irons and the driver especially. Billy said Justin was 20 yards longer with that driver. Than he was with Taylor, which Taylor made makes a good driver, yep. even though Titleist apparently now their new driver, they're leading all the. Ca- if you look on the category of like who plays the most drivers from what company, yeah, Titleist is taking over, really. So they have a new driver out there that a ton of guys have switched to. Mm-hmm. Taylor made has always made a really good driver, and that's what Justin Rose is coming from all Taylor made stuff, mm-hmm. but now he's got 10 Hanma clubs in there, irons and this driver. That is stupid long. Now, people will say, never even heard of Hanma. Hanma is a Japanese club maker. You beat me to it. it like, introduce me to Hanma. Yeah, so they are on the level of, you remember back in the day, the best irons made were Mizuno. Mm-hmm. Hanma was number two. But they were just never brought over here to the States. So a lot of guys I learned back in the day, older golfers, they had club deals here in the United States. But when they would go play in Japan, they Mm -hmm. all played Hanmas. Really? Because they had a deal with Hanma to play when they were over there. And they loved them. They just couldn't play them here because Hanmas weren't sold in the States. So They couldn't ship them? You could, I guess. But, you know, when you're the best players in the world, you got a chance to get a paycheck. And yeah, that's true. You got the, there's not a Hanma truck at every tournament that can get these things None, fixed. Yeah. Not at all. Now, they do make the most expensive set that I've ever seen. They make a set of irons that is 24 karat gold. <laughs> the set of clubs is, is $73,000. Oh, that's disgusting. And there's a caddy that I know who actually caddied for a guy at a club who had a set. Was like a sheik or something like that from over in the Middle East. <sighs> had a set, and he said the guy threw one of the irons. Yeah, too. I mean, do you, do you really want to play with gold clubs? No, you're going to look like an idiot. Yes, you would look like an idiot. I mean, just an absolute yes. moron. Yes, it's... look at me and my gold club. <laughs> like, get out of here. Yeah, but how many people you got a pet cheetah? Yeah, that's true. I've seen videos of dudes driving around there with the cheetah in the back seat. What is that about people with excessive money that have to have weird things? It's because you got because, too much money and you don't have a job. Like, right. You don't it, really have a gig. So, so you got to find ways to spend it. And because, you know, they all play the Jones game. Well, what does Mr. Jones got across the street? I can't have I can't have him outdo me. And you're not working, so it's like, what am I going to get? So these dudes, got, oh, I got a pet cheetah that rides around with me in one of my 12 Range Rovers, or I'll put him in the side seat in a Lambo. Yeah. You know, you seen that like the all platinum Bentley, a Bentley that's all platinum. No. You know how much? It, how much? much how much is that? Oh, dude, I don't. It's got too many zeros in it. That's what this is one of the things that that, I love. This is true about golfers. People think golfers are where all the money's at. No. Uh, 
Nah, it's the dudes that pay the golfers. Those are like the when we go to these tournaments and we're out and about at these these different events. It's the CEOs right of these places that are the title sponsor yes. of these events, and that's why I'm convinced so many celebrities love golf and pro athletes because they got a ton of money. They're competitive. And they're like, what could I do that other rich people do? No, you know why? Golf. I think celebrities and athletes love golf so much too. It's because when you can have four and a half to five and a half hours where you're off the grid. Yeah, that's you true too. You can't be reached. Can't be you bothered. can't be bothered. Nope. You can't be touched. And no matter how mad somebody is, when you say to them, man, I was on a golf course, they're like, oh, oh okay. All right. Everyone's understanding. When you tell them, hey, if you say, look, you got a phone call at 11 o'clock, hey, man, I can't make the call, I'm going to be on the golf course. But unlimited funds, they can have the same clubs as Tiger, they can get world-class instruction. You can hit a shot like a professional. That's it. Yes. That's the key to, to doing that. So, anyway, just back to Justin Rose and his Hanmas. He took the plastic off of those things, basically, at uh Bob Hope. Oh, my. So those things got gameplay one week before he just did what he did at the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines, setting the two-day scoring record and almost breaking the scoring record period, which the scoring record was 22 under par. But that's 22 under par before they made the changes to the north course. So that's the other thing that kills me about golf fans sometimes is when they get mad when it's a birdie fest. And I tell them, look. San Diego had no wind whatsoever. None. None. It was as benign as I've seen it. It was as chamberous converse as you could ever get it. There is not one golf course in the world that can protect itself against the greatest golfers in the world if there's no wind. And the greens are not tricked up like the U.S. Open. Unless you kill the greens and make them as firm as a bathtub, as firm and as fast as a bathtub, Mm -hmm. you're not – there's nothing you can do. No. And their rough at Tory was no joke. That was some serious rough where you only see the top of guy's shoes and you couldn't see the golf ball and they were still able to muscle stuff out and figure it out. It was the and it was it was the it was a thick rough. It was the oh, kind of juicy. It yeah, rained a it was, lot the week yeah. before. So the rough was juicy. It just looked Head, like, and you ain't moving it. Yeah, it just looked. It different. was lush and green mm-hmm. and thick, and that. And so for those guys to play as well as they did and shoot those kind of scores, it's just like I don't want to hear anybody bitching about. I'm tired of seeing these guys shoot low. I love the U.S. Open, but I only want to see that once a year where you got to trick a golf course up and right. make it goofy golf. Like I want. I don't want to see guys play golf that I can see at my Muni course. Well, I don't that, care about that. That was the other thing too because. Another guy that appears we're going to have to contend with this year is Adam Scott because he is all in on the pin in the in the hole. That's it. He's all in. He's decided that that's what I'm going to do. And he and found a putter. He found a putter that he likes, but he says that he likes the flag in, helps him aim, helps him read better. He was unconscious. If you know that, where he reminded him, he said, huh. when he was a little kid, if you remember, and we all have this, I, as soon as he said it, I was like, you know what? It's true. Think of all the practice putting greens before you go play. Yeah. They all have those little tiny the little ones yep. in them, and you just always hit it right at the pin, mm-hmm. because, and it's a perfect tool. Yep. And he was like, that took me back to when I was a kid. And so as a kid, yeah, that's all you did. You never pulled them things out. Genius. And now, bang. Now, don't it, get it twisted. The dude missed an 18-inch putt that never touched the flagstick. There are still some moments. He still gets a little, huh. Right, but if he, look, if Justin Rose wasn't, 
without a pulse, he catches him on Sunday because yeah. there was there was an opportunity because he two had a, putts he missed inside four feet that would have tied him up. And then Justin hit the big par saving putt I think on sixteen. Yes, that would have made it a one stroke because Adam Correct. had already birdied it. Yes, and then they both played lights out on seventeen. Adam had a kick in birdie. Yes, and then by that time eighteen, it was already said and done. But yes. if that really helps him out, Adam with the flag in, and he's striking the ball the way he is. See, this is why you say, when you talk about, like, you know what, I'm all in Justin Rose at the Masters, duh, that dude Adam Scott already got a green jacket. Mm-hmm. So he ain't scared of that place at all. He's not. And he we we got into this debate a couple of weeks ago, like when they're at the peak of their Augusta Powers. I didn't I didn't mention Justin it? Rose. I mentioned Bubba Watson, who's got two. Yep. Jordan Spieth, who's got one. But he's in contention every single time. Yeah. Uh, Phil's got three. He's got multiple. Yeah. And Tiger's got multiple. So those guys tame that course. Adam Scott, if he plays the way he did this week with this putting, did you thing, say Justin got one? No, I said Jordan. Oh, Jordan. Okay, yeah, yeah Jordan. Proof. Yeah, I was like, okay. No, yeah. no, no. I yeah, no. I, I just Thomas on that list. It's, no, it's Jordan for me. It's Jordan, Bubba, Phil, Tiger. If those guys are at the peak of their Augusta powers, no one's beating them. I don't know what Tiger was. Peak Augusta powers are right now. I t- and I well, I use the the East Lake example because I think you can that make don't it. Count. Well, if East Lake Tiger shows up, it absolutely counts because he wins the Masters. No, he don't. East Lake Tiger. Nope. Narrow fairways. Nope. Hitting the fairway. Nope. Ball striking. Na- nope. All right. Well. Nope. I mean, we can't hypothetically. We can. Nah. Be- you know the other thing I got to get. We, we got to talk about this too. How Tong Lee and the European Tour getting that penalty. Okay, so I didn't see this. You saw it, and you're hot on that. Why don't we do that out of okay. Marcus Allen? Because you're hot on this. Ready to lose. My, and if I find, I've been trying desperately to find out which European Tour official made the decision on that. And if I find out, if I find out it's this guy John Paramore, I'm going to start a campaign to make him retire. Okay, this is good. This is a good deep tease because we've seen. Look. Here's what we've seen over the first couple of weeks, and I know that Tory was kind of like the first major, major golf event of the, of the new year. Uh, we saw the rule, new rule changes coming to play, and so yep. we're going to get into all of those because Adam Scott's a big name. Uh, but Marcus Allen is coming up next, Pro Football Hall of Famer, uh, Super Bowl week. We figured why not uh, get him involved in the in the podcast. But first, I want to talk to you about Peter Millar, founded back in 2001, and Collins may not have liked this, but when it was found in 2001, you know what it was? One cashmere sweater. Seriously? That's all it was. It was one, one cashmere sweater. sweater, and it's grown into a premium American lifestyle brand featuring a wide range of casual sportswear, tailored menswear, and luxury performance golf apparel. Now, recently, I've been receiving all of my style tips from the clothing experts at Peter Millar. If you're a golfer like me, you know the name. If you don't, you should. Because Peter Millar is all about quality, value, and style. It's most comfortable clothing I've ever worn. And right now, I'm wearing the five-pocket pants. What I love about the pants, they offer so much comfort and style no matter what I'm doing. Lightweight, highly breathable, which is big here in Arizona. Huge. Made from the highest quality Pima cotton and have comfort stretch uh, for the ease of movement. Also very important, and they can be worn year-round, and since they're machine washable, they're easy to take care of. I've never had to worry about what to wear at any occasion, which, by the way, I'll wear mine tonight at an event. Peter Millar, my go-to clothing for vacation, work events, the golf course, and even working out. The cool thing about those pants is you can wear them right from the golf course, and we could go straight out to wherever we got to go, and they're still going to look 
the part. And I still look like an executive. I'm the title sponsor. I don't, but... Neither do I, no. but still, I'm just saying they're versatile. So the five-pocket pants I'm wearing, the most comfortable I've ever worn, and I can say that about everything I've ever worn from Peter Millar. Right now, head over to PeterMillar.com slash Maddie to check out some of the Peter Millar favorites, some of my Peter Millar favorites. Be sure to use my link, and you'll receive complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's Peter Millar, M-I-L-L-A-R.com slash Maddie. PeterMillar.com slash Maddie. Free hat! Coming up next... Marcus Allen, and he gives us the story of the one of the most memorable runs run. in Super Bowl history. Wait till you hear that and more coming up next on Maddie and Nicaddy. Pro Football Hall of Famer Marcus Allen joining us now, Maddie and Nicaddy. Um, what I love watching about you is your commitment to getting better at this game that you've probably been playing now for how long? 25, 30, 40? Yes. I was like that in football too, though. That's I mean, what I'm saying. I, was, I love yeah. seeing that. I uh, developed great worth ethic, uh, ethic for my my dad. You know, one of the greatest things for me, um, and I think for most kids, is you know seeing your dad go to work every single day. And uh, not only that, my mom as well. So um, then we would go to work with my father, and so I understood what the hard work was. And and uh, free lunch cost a dollar ninety nine. So <laughs> now, what did your it, dad it, used to do? Carpenter, construction worker. He built he built uh, he built his uh, our own house. Wow, his house. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but but football came easy to you. Golf, you've had to, in terms of natural ability to be one of the greatest of all time. But even that, you, how much work have you had to put in to get to where you are in golf? Dude, I was explaining to, uh, to Gary on the Golf Channel um, when I first started. Um, it, it was actually easier because um, you know just just using natural instinct, you know. The, uh, you know, being a top-up golfer, you know, ground up. Right. And then I started getting lessons, and then I started worrying about swing playing and all those things. <laughs> and I, yeah, seriously. And then all of a sudden. It's like I'm, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't use my body as much as, uh, or as well as I, you know, did when I uh, first started. So it was, it's, it's been frustrating. Who was it who introduced you to the golf? Oh, boy, who can you blame? Of, <laughs> just a bunch of guys started playing, man, and then uh, you know, a bunch of Raiders. Really? Yeah, started playing while you were still playing. Yeah, let you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the addiction happened. Yes, because that's what golf is. It is, and we see it from you. Yes, like you're the first person to go out there and hit three good shots. Yeah. and be like, man, I hate this game. <laughs> I know, I do. Yeah, that's how it is. It's it's frustrating. I mean, I, I absolutely, positively love it. I mean, it's so much fun. I had um, in an earlier interview, I was talking about. Uh, I said, "Why do you love the game so much?" And I said, "You know, for a variety of reasons. Uh, one is that I love the outdoors. You know, I think it's it's peaceful, it's calming, and stuff. It's the closest thing to God." And uh secondly, I said, you know what? It, it's our locker room. Yeah. You know, guys that have retired, this is our locker room. This is, this is, you know, we don't go, hey, we don't say, let's go coffee clutching. <laughs> we don't say, hey, guys, let, we don't say, hey, guys, you know, let's go to the spa. We don't say, hey, let's go to, you know, uh let's go shopping. We don't do that. You know, we say, let's go play some golf. Yeah. And we, we you know, you spend four, four hours out there with your buddies um, you know, running the gamut, talking about life, you know, talking about good things, bad things. Um, 
you know, just sort of, you know, laughing, joking, betting. And it's just a lot of fun. I mean, we, we're not going to play basketball anymore. It's just too tough on the body. We're right. not going to, you know, go out and play baseball or running around the bases is not something that we want to do, but we can golf and talk. And I mean, it's, it's just the best fellowship and compete. Yeah. Uh, something we've been doing for the majority of our lives. How intense does it get out? Like if you and Dent or anybody are out there on the course. Like, oh, we've, we, you know, Dent and I, we've, we've <laughs> almost come to blows several times, actually. <laughs> and he That's thinks I'm going to bark, he thinks I'm going to back down because I'm smaller and stuff like that. Nope. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he has a tendency, you know, uh, to play extremely slow. And so when he, when he gets criticized for playing slow, you know, he'll get angry. And, uh. But he's a talker too. Uh, he yeah, does, well, he, he yeah, he play talks. by play. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I say, like, playing with Richard is, is actually like, you know, it's, it's almost like a fivesome. <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, he, <laughs> he's Jim Nance. <laughs> he's Fluff. <laughs> he's Butch Harmon. Right. He, dude, I mean, it's like, dude, come on. <laughs> come on, man. You know, just, it's, it's like, just you play. know, just, yeah, dude, he, he, it's just play by play. I mean, he's just, and then he, you know, he, then he wants you to be David Faraday, dude. He wants you to do interviews. I mean, right. it's like, dude, just play, man. Just show up and play. But I think yeah. that's how he gets in your head. That's I, how he no, tries no, to no, beat you. No, no. All he has to do is get in my head is, is, is slow down. Dude, and come on. So you're a quick player. You, you, I'm not a quick player, but I, you know, I just play, you know, I play, pace. I play with pace. rhythm. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, Richard is like, I mean, he'll take 20 practice swings, you know. And if you interrupt him, he's like, he'll start all over. <laughs> Come on, you can't do that, man. When you said, you, you said something that, that got my interest in a lot of the Raiders, when you were with the Raiders played. I mean, that was rare because we were, we were talking. No, we had we, a couple of guys. Yeah. I, I shouldn't say a lot, but we had a few guys that golfed, you know. Yeah. And were you one of them at the time? Yeah. Well, yeah, we all sort of started and, and, you know, it was just, it was just fun. Uh, there was a driving range over near El Segundo. Some of the guys we go to and stuff. So, um, and then it, 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 it just appeared to have like this emergence of golf tournaments, you know. <laughs> Everybody used, uh, um, <clears throat> golf as a great way to, you know, to raise money for, yeah. uh, a variety of charities and stuff like that. It seems like all of a sudden they just blossomed out of nowhere. <laughs> and then obviously there were so many tournaments that we would go to because we actually loved the game. It was and, an excuse and, to get and together. And most of the guys are philanthropic, and they want to, you know, help out as well. So it was perfect. Who plays more tournaments in a year, you or Tiger? Listen, I backed off. I, you know, I usually play just the majors now. <laughs> yeah, 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 just the big ones. Yeah, you want to be judged on the FedEx Cup points. Yeah. Trying to keep my world right. At the end of the year. He's the guy. So, you know, and I've been very, very blessed to play some of the you know the best courses around. I remember I played a lot of courses. I had played Shinnecock, National, Sabonic, three days in a row and stuff. I played Oakmont. Lucky enough to play Augusta, and I um, was uh, well. Anyway, we I, I I end up playing or hadn't played the number one course in the, in the country, and and I called up Doctor J right, and I said, Doctor, I never ask you for anything, <laughs> and I really don't, guys. I hate to ask my friends, I hate to impose upon them and stuff. And I said, Doc, I never ask you for anything. He said, What's up, Marcus? 
I said, man, you think you can get us on Shen- I mean, uh, Pine, Pine Valley? Valley? <laughs> and Doc says, as, you know, and he's cool as he gets. He yes. says, hey, hold on. I'm, I'll call you right back. I'm talking about 30 seconds later. Doctor said, how's 830 in the morning? <laughs> that quick. Like that. Dude, and I said, okay, Doc, you messing with me? <laughs> Come on, man. Don't be messing with me. I said, well, don't, Doc. Valley, don't play, man. Dr. J, don't hey, play, man. Dr. J, don't be messing with me, man. <laughs> I, I never call him Dr. J. I never call him Julius and everything, but I said, Dr. J, don't be messing with me now. <laughs> he said, yeah, we, uh, it was Doc and Richard and, we had a member named Jeff who was a, who was a great guy, and and we went out and had a blast. Such a great time! What a beautiful, naturally beautiful course. That's what I hear. It was great. I never played it either. Then I I played Chicago too. That's a monster. Chicago is a monster. Yeah. Yes. I've only play, I played uh, Black Sheep out there, which is a really good track yeah you should fit in there too i'm sure you're the black sheep of your family <laughs> that's too, so. i am yeah. the big time i'll be the first to admit okay. it <laughs> <laughs> i'll be the first to admit i was like i found my spot i need to move to chicago yeah the chicago club is amazing though i gotta tell you ever get a chance to play there if you know anybody okay you've got to play there absolutely so yeah. out of all these amazing golf courses that you've gotten to play which one do you feel like you played your best golf at and what'd you shoot oh man I think I was striking it pretty well uh, during that um, Tabonic uh, National, National Shinnecock Week. Yeah, I was hitting the ball pretty well. Hmm. Uh, then I remember um, remember when the Steelers won the Super Bowl. Um, yep, the last one. Mm-hmm. I think they um, and normally what the NFL does is they the following year they have you know they they'll kick off the uh, the season in the in in the town that won the Super Bowl. So we were in Pittsburgh. And I'm not trying to name John, but you're in Pittsburgh, and you want to play Oakmont. Who do you call? Mario Lemieux, right? <laughs> Mario hooked us up, man. And so who's also it, a golf maniac? Yes, he is, and he's a really good one. Um, Richard, um, Eric Dickerson, and myself wow. played there. And this was it was a couple of years ago, but after that, uh, I convinced Eric to drive to Columbus with me, right? And we played Muirfield. Uh, SC was playing Ohio State, so and it was like the perfect, you know. It's like, man, we got to take advantage of this. So we drove, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's how a, long was it, that drive? Oh, I think it was just a couple of hours. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. that long. Yeah, Mike. The interesting thing is when I look back and I'm laughing at this stuff, you have no idea my appetite for golf and how early I get up in the morning. <laughs> And I will drive, you know, three hours to to play with my friends, and then drive three hours back. I mean, people think we're crazy, uh, crazy and obsessed, and it's it's. I yes. think we are. Yeah, it, no, you, you think, know, but you it are. is. Yeah. Yes, that's it is. But you say appetite, I say addiction. Yeah, well, because that's what golf is. Yeah. Once you get that bug, it gets in you because you know this is one. Th- yeah. You were you were. It, in a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you were as close to perfect as there could be. We play a sport that we all know it's impossible to be yeah. perfect at, but, man, we're going to be out there. It's 50 degrees outside, yeah. overcast and blowing 30, and you're on the range for, what, two and a half, three hours? After playing in the morning. Yes. Brilliant. Well, yeah. you know, it, it, it's something about, um, you know, 
playing sports, you know, it's almost like poetry in motion and stuff like that. If you're really good at what you do, you don't even think about it. Mm. It's just like the height of, uh, uh, you know, of being uh, instinctive, you know. And I, I've always said if, if, if someone, someone were to ask you a question about what were you thinking on that play, and if a running back actually said, well, I was thinking about doing this and uh, thinking about doing that, it, it it's BS. <laughs> they yeah. lying. Yeah. They're lying. And yeah. the, the honest answer is I don't know. It just happened, right? But with golf, when the ball is stagnant, right, there it's not moving. And um, the amazing thing, you know, just from a mental standpoint, is when the ball's not there, you can complete your swing, you can get in the proper positions, you can do all that. There's thing. no question. But when that ball, that white little monster, yeah, shows when you up. address that ball and you're just ready to hit it, it sort of. And if you got one aggressive gene in your body, I shouldn't say one, but if you have, you know, especially playing football, yep, and uh, you, yeah, and you, and you're forceful and strong. Oh my, it's it is the worst thing for you. You you can't <laughs> help. I mean, I wish I could swing seventy percent. That's why we were so fascinated on the range watching the LPGA Tour pros. They're remarkable. Amazing. Yeah, every It doesn't time. seem like they're hitting the ball anywhere, and you look up, and it's like one beautiful shot <laughs> after another. Great trajectory. Um, and you looks know, effortless. It looks like look like they're they're not even trying. Their real swings are our practice swings. Like, we're like, That's, it's like oh, I'm a single yeah. handicap in my practice swings. And I wish that um, – I wish that I could, you know, I admire them so much uh, because if we were, if anyone really wants to learn how to play golf, Mm. they should look at the LPGA players. They really should. Mm. So what was your, what's your best score? Uh, 71. Mm. Where'd you shoot it? Uh, At Ray Allen's golf tournament. Ah. So down in Miami. Yes. That's good. Ray's another he's another golf man. Yes. Who's the as much golf as you played, who's one person that when you found out they play golf surprised you? Oh, L T. Nobody another golf yeah, maniac too. No, no, he he has a greater addiction than most. <laughs> really? When it comes to golf, yeah. I mean, you know. I'll shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He never he ain't He'll he'll down. play every day. Really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thirty six and, easy. And he's good. No one expects a linebacker. No, not him. With the you know physical prowess that he displayed on the field, to be um, a good as golfer as he is, he I mean he is consistent. He has short game. He can putt, and he talks a lot of crap. <laughs> oh yeah, the entire time too, and he always bets. He's one so of you know yeah. yeah. So you know he you know he has ice water in his veins. But you wouldn't expect, uh, you know, a guy like that to, to play golf. But, you you know, you'd be surprised. Now, when you're not out at these events, are you – how often are you just going out and playing around if you're not doing what of these I wish games? that I could play more. Yeah. Uh, uh, the difficulty in uh, living in the Midwest mm-hmm. makes it uh, – you know, I used to, uh, you know, complain or not complain rather, but uh, I used to criticize Richard Dent a lot, you know, because he would always come back and – you know, during winter times and say, man, I haven't played. I get it now. <laughs> I hadn't played in a month. Really? And you think that you, you, it, you got to play. Yeah. Correct. And the cold weather, it just, it's, it's, it's difficult out here just coming out early in the morning and it, it, 
you know, I think the temperature is supposed to be around 50 degrees, probably uh, in the 40s. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and then you got a little bit of breeze. Yep. And if you if you're not uh, a, a guy who you know uh, turns his body well, <laughs> first thing in the morning. Yeah, when it's yeah. cold, I, I need you sun. Hour, I need, dude. I'm good, and I'm a, I'm good at 105 or something like that. I can yeah, play. Sweat. I'll sweat. Yeah, everybody else is like, everybody. We can't play. I said, where are you guys going? I'm fine. <laughs> right? Cold weather. Oh man, yeah. I feel like I can't. I can barely move my body. I mean, seriously, I, you know, I, 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 I'm, you know, chronologically I'm 58, right? You know, but I feel like in the cold weather, I feel like 105. Dude. I'm serious. You start to make that turn. You feel like everything's just like, yeah, absolutely, man. It's like ice falling off. You oh, God, oh, it's, yeah. it's tough. See, just even talking about that, then it's, this is why I got spoiled moving to Florida. When it's like 50, if there's any wind, you want to go golf? Nope. I'm a spoil. Yeah. I'll hit, I, I will hit balls. Yeah. Well, wow. compared to, to, compared to St. St. Louis, I mean, this is really sort of like tank top weather right now. <laughs> yeah. But I'm still, serious. you should be at the pool. Yeah. <laughs> is there something when you're playing that, playing this game that there's in the round, you're like, ah, there's that competitive thing I used to have when I played football. Is there something that, no, just always competitive. Yeah. Yeah. When you grew up a uh, family of four boys and uh um it's it's always competitive. You know, and and our families compete against another family up the street. Uh-huh. Uh we used to be the Baltimore uh Colts and they used to be the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and they had a um a family of nine brothers or I say nine children, but Ooh. most of them brothers. And we would play play them. Uh, it was you know, competitive. Yeah, it was always competitive, which is, which is great because uh, that that certainly and 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 for me, just growing up, I was always playing with older guys, mm-hmm. which helped me out a great deal. So when you're out here, every shot for you is competitive, regardless of what you're doing. Yeah, I don't, but I don't. Golf is the one sport that I don't go crazy over, even yeah. though it does frustrate me to no end, because I want to have a good time, and if you don't. I mean, if you, um, you know, allow it to, you know, sort of ruin your day, it it can. So, I mean, listen, I want to play good golf, but I also want to have a good time. I want to laugh. I want to joke and stuff like that. So I never let really a bad round. Uh, I mean, after every shot, you know, I hit a great shot and then I... Like you said earlier, yeah, you hear me say at least fifty times, I hate golf. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I'm out here. I hate Which, golf. Every time right? I walk up on the range, but, yeah. I see you hit this um, beautiful soft high draw. Yeah, I was calling shots yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yesterday. I was like, watch my cut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then hey, here. and then today I was like, I started off so good, <laughs> so good, and then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. Some, some, like Golf somebody happened. sort of possessed my body and just said, "He started sliding." That's don't what move. <laughs> <laughs> it's too cold. To just turn. arm lift. Your <laughs> shoulders are yeah. supposed yeah. to. Oh no, no, no more foot. We're not. No. We're done with full turns oh, today. Yeah. Come on. I need to go so back to the orange whip. It's been like that, man. <laughs> I love the fact. That, do you know that it, a rule was made because of him? Well, this Marcus is one Allen my, golf rule? No, no, football. Oh, no, Marcus no, Allen it wasn't. I, w- I said I wish it was a rule. Which one? It should have been. Yeah. So 
because me and him one time had a conversation about uh laying hits because Richard Dent we were talking about big hits and yeah. whatnot and we talked LT as well and stuff and I was asking him man who'd you ever because everyone was always trying to light you up yeah and um you you never like a, a you know a, a, an interception thrown but you know <laughs> you also kind of like yeah though. when they when they were you know thrown you this is my opportunity to go you know get them back and stuff like that <laughs> so we would um you know, I was certainly trying to exact revenge, I guess, <laughs> if you will. But it's one uh, situation. We were playing the Miami Dolphins, and um, I forgot who the quarterback was. Actually, I, I haven't forgotten. I just don't want to, you know. <laughs> I don't want to throw him under the bus. But Jay Schrader. No, no, no. no, no, no. Um, anyway, there was a cor- you know, there was a, uh, we lined up, and I think I was sort of uh, far right formation. I'm on the, I'm on the weak side. Um, I run a flat and then there's a corner, you know, sort of a high low situation right. and in the corner is, you know, it's supposed to influence or the flat is supposed to influence the, the, the DBD to jump on me right. or to go back for the corner. Right? right. So I was wide open. He should have threw it to me, but he threw it to the corner. I mean, excuse me. He threw it to the, um, the wide receiver that was running the corner. Right. Well, he picked it off. And I'm actually about a foot away from, I'm, you know, like two feet away from the sidelines. And I see him coming, right? So I step out of bounds. And this is on the Miami Dolphins sidelines. I step out of bounds. And uh, I'm standing there just waiting. He's looking in the field to play. It was Troy Benson, by the way. I know he doesn't see me because who's looking to the sidelines right. as they're yeah. running? He's looking in the field to play, yeah. right? Man, I stepped uh, <laughs> out of bounds and stepped, you know, I stepped back in. Well, I actually really didn't. I just hit him from the, near the uh, the sideline. <laughs> and, boy, I, I think I almost ended his career. <laughs> and, I, and I said, oh, yeah, finally, they're going to give me, they're going to have a Marcus Allen rule. And they never did. They I never mean, did. No. no. <laughs> I mean, they don't let, you know, they don't let, uh, flyers on, uh, punt, well, punts and, the right, punt team run out, out of bounds. Right. right. So right. why would they let a offensive player on an interception step out of bounds and, uh, <laughs> go be, back into the field to play just be creeping to make a tackle? No, it wait. was like, I was slick too. I'm just like, come on, what am I having lunch there or something? <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there whistling cause he was taking forever. And I'm going like, come on, dude, come on. Here he is. Did he say anything after you lit no, him up? He, no, dude. I mean, he was in shock. Like, where the hell did you come He probably from? thought it was, you know, one of his own teammates or something, you know? <laughs> Who's going to come from his sideline? You know, so That's I did that um, uh, <laughs> another time. I tried to do it another time. And the funny thing was how ironic it was. I was playing. I was with the Raiders against the Chiefs. I stepped out of bounds again. Same sort of scenario. <laughs> And the chief players grabbed me. Uh, so you couldn't get oh, back. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they must have been watching yeah, film. Word was getting, that's why you didn't have to make a rule. And, and I, didn't, I, mean, I, I didn't think it was a dirty play. I thought it was just really intelligent. Yep. <laughs> right. I was I was sort of thinking outside the box. If there wasn't a rule against so. it, I mean, I mean, you're just thinking. 
That's so, why they didn't have to make a Marcus yeah. Allen rule. Because the Chiefs were like, hey, where you going? You're here with us until this place so, Yeah, so it, it, it's funny, man, how you, uh, That's you, funny. you sort of, you know, you do a few things. Game, the game sort of provides you with this, um, these, you know, these, it requires instant solutions, man, and you, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta make them happen right there. You gotta think now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not, you know, you gotta, on your toes, and sometimes it's just the funniest things too, so. That's the stories. I mean, how many, when you guys are out and about playing with former players, how many times are you guys exchanging stories like that? Uh, you know what? I really don't, uh, you know, we, we, we just, you know, are usually talking trash. We don't really talk about stories or <laughs> former selves and stuff like that. But I do share stories with the, you know, the foursomes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that I'm playing with, like today. Yeah. You know, um, I clearly know today is about them. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, um, if they don't go back to, uh, Diamond Resorts and say, Hey, I'll see you next year. I didn't do a good job. All right. Mm. So I engage with them. We laugh. We joke. I tell them all kinds of stories, yeah. stories that you can't repeat on radio and Correct. stuff. But, you know, they get a lot. But laugh that's at what it's all about for them. It is. They, yeah. they don't get this opportunity to, to sort of hang out with, uh, you know, I, I guess some of these great players and stuff. So you want to make it a great experience, sure. you know. But that's what's the beauty of golf, too. It's the great connector. Yeah, it's connecting it is. people like you yeah. with people in the business world yeah. and other players. Yeah. Who's the best oh, trash talker? In all the groups that you go out and play with, who talks who talks the most, and then who's the one who can probably back it up LT. the most? Yeah, yeah, probably LT. I, I can, but see, and that's a guy I'm just gonna let talk. To It'd be hard to get in his head, but he was saying I was asking him who put the biggest lick on him, and he was saying one of the Washington Redskins running backs. Really? He said he used to, in the first quarter, he would hit the hole and you, light him up. You, and then by the fourth quarter, he was like, this dude's still coming. <laughs> you should have asked him, uh, has anybody ever miss, make you miss twice on a play? Because it was you. <laughs> he you doesn't. Mean, he doesn't. Oh, yeah. Does, he, he doesn't like. mad about it. He doesn't like to look at that film when I bring it up to him. See, let me tell you. That's, my, that's when I dropped the mic on him. You yeah. know, we always talk about, hey, man. Every, People will come up and say, hey, man, that's the greatest defensive player of all time. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah sure he is. I said I made him miss twice on one play. That ain't so good. He's still mad. <laughs> Who's winning the golf match between you and LT? LT. LT's beating you. LT's good. Okay. LT's consistent, <laughs> man. That's what's AC, so good. Yeah. LT hits this tight little draw every single time, right? And... um He's actually, you know, then then he has a, a few beers. He gets better. It's, it's ridiculous, <laughs> man. <laughs> I, I think next time I'm playing, I'm going to just keep him away from the drinks, man. Then I got a chance, dude. Yeah. He seems like he gets better. All right, we asked everybody at the end, dream foursome, alive or dead, and where are you playing? And uh-huh. then bucket list course. Those are always what we, we try to end on. Do you know I almost played with um I don't think I've ever played with Jack though. Having the luxury to play in the Bob Hope was one of the best uh opportunities ever. Mm. You play with four um stars, you know, yeah, call them stars, these these great PGA players. Man, I played with the King twice. I played with um I think it was Steve Jones, um um, the late Payne Stewart, Mark wow. O'Meara, um, uh, Curtis, uh, 
Curtis Strange. Yeah. I play I played with a lot of guys down there, um, and they were just great. Um, and um, then I played with Tiger also. Um, so I mean it. I mean, you know what? You, you, you know beat what? Tiger. You, you, you I was really, just gonna say I was gonna go ahead and put it out there. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I didn't want to say that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll brag for you. No, no, he's on a roll right now. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, have I don't want to want to be one of the distractors. <laughs> hey, I, I always I was telling my friends, hey, you know who wasn't on that. Uh, that uh, was it. Uh, that that TV show, or no? I get. I guess on TV, saying he wasn't going to win. You didn't see me on there. <laughs> I knew he was going to win. Yeah. It was just a matter of time, man. And what I saw, what I witnessed, guys, and you guys uh, saw it as well. That was one of the the most spontaneous um, scenes uh, that Walking I down eighteen. To walk. It was absolutely beautiful, or as organic as you can get. And it showed the power um, and the majesty of Tiger Woods. I mean, to and and also I think it showed the how many people were pulling for him. Yep. You know, and you really don't know until you obviously See get to that like point. That. Yeah. yeah. And it was just amazing. I mean, I thought golf. Um, I mean, they had to be. And have to be right now, uh, feeling they're in the, the greatest position they can possibly be in. I mean, he, you know, he starts playing well again. He started playing well, but he starts winning again. And then, you know, the young guns are still around. Mm-hmm. Golf is in great shape. If we get you know, two to three more years of, of good time, yeah. but we're, we're all happy well, for it. I just, you know, if they, if those guys just stick around long enough that I can get my game right and I'll be on tour and stuff. Good, I, yeah. <laughs> Good. We'll be, we'll be I try to keep straight faces. Hey, the bet would be, hey, when I get on tour, <laughs> you, you got to shave, right? Hey, yeah. your, your beard would be down to your feet, right? By the time I get down there, <laughs> they'd be calling me Caddy Moses. Yeah, yeah, I'll have a staff and a flowing yeah. robe. You be hanging out. You know what? When <laughs> you get you on what. tour, I'll have long hair. No, seriously, yeah. From my head. Well, well, you look like ZZ Top. <laughs> You'll be kneeling down next to the burning bush before I get <laughs> Oh, man. Thanks for hanging out with yeah, us, Yeah, appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. It means a lot. That. It's fantastic. I told you I was coming, bro. I know, you did. man. All right. I believed. Okay. Oh, somebody else didn't? No, I believed. You got with the, with the, um, the, the Shinnecock, uh, <laughs> uh, what do you, what do you call that? A, um, pullover. Pullover, yeah, yeah. That uh, that somebody got him, bought him as a gift. we were there. That's where we got to interview Jack Nicholas at Shinnecock. Really? Yeah, yeah which was, was yeah, it was great. He was one of our. He was one of the first guys we had on the podcast. Yeah, and he was fantastic. We was talking about eating ice cream. See, that's why I see the two skinny guys. They got to have long sleeves and pants on. Hey, guys, you, you, see, you ever me just... Me and Richard Dent, we's in shorts. <laughs> see, we good. <laughs> oh, well, you know, Richard, he, you know, he, feels, he, he still has to get in shape, he says. Because, you know, anytime, you know, he says he goes to the, the beach with a uh, sweatshirt on. He's not really happy, so he has to... Hey, guys, you know what? I was just thinking about one thing. You know how lucky you really are? I mean, I, I think we all are, but I, I look back. And to meet all these people that I've met, it's just absolutely incredible. And to meet my heroes and stuff, guys that I admired, 
And my first sport was baseball, right? And back back then, I think I think we started playing baseball, uh, little league baseball, before we started playing football. Yeah, yeah. It was that popular and stuff. But to later, you know, to to grow up and and to to meet Willie Mays, and to meet Hank Aaron, hey, that is special, dude. And to meet. Muhammad Ali, which is my number one guy, and to be best friends with the doctor. I mean, I mean, you, and you, you know, you, you, you can only imagine meeting him, and then you end up being best friends and stuff like and that. And you get to play golf. Yeah, absolutely. And, That's crazy. But I mean, I just, does. I just think about all the people. I mean, in golfers, uh, I, I was just laughing with Lee Trevino the other day and stuff. And you know, meeting him, and I mean. um there's so many more uh, guys that uh, I played golf with, and Mark O'Meara is, is probably one of the best guys to play with and stuff. And yeah. he's just fantastic, you know, to become friends with Mark. And I mean, you don't ever think about this stuff. You think about some people, but to meet the, uh, I guess, the magnitude um, or mm. the volume of people that are on that level. I mean, we, we sort of, you know, I don't ever take it for granted, but I feel no. like it is like it. It when I reflect on it, it's like. You know it's really funny. We the luckiest I, I'll go, in the world. I'll, I'll go through if I'm with a friend and we're like messing around and stuff, and we we'll, we we'll go through the airport and we'll go to the uh, uh, the, the newsstand, and I swear. I'll look at the magazines and, and I say, I know that person. <laughs> no, I know that. It'll be, you know, 40 magazines and I don't know 10 people. On those magazines. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, it's like, crazy, well, it's, right? It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, man, I, you really feel fortunate because you, uh, you know, you've been, you know, given a, you know, a wonderful gift and, um, and as a result, you do some wonderful things, meet yeah. wonderful people and stuff like that. And it's, it's really weird. I'll ask you one, one thing I was always curious about. And because I asked this to Doc one time, I asked him, "What's the one dunk that he remembers?" Because everyone puts up the highlights of like his greatest dunks and whatnot. But yeah. the dunk that he talked about that he still like, yeah, he said he still will dream it sometimes. Was not anyone that was on a highlight. What's the one play from your career that you still like? Man, that was pretty good. Well, the Super Bowl run was was pretty good, and 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 and. It was because it was it was metaphysical, right? It's hard to explain, but you know, I, I guess the best way in layman terms, it was just pure time travel. To I was a a brush and is still painting, painting as fast and as beautiful and uh, <laughs> yeah as I wanted the brush to go. And it was just, I, 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 I always tell people that when I ran by, I noticed so much details in the face, the anxiety as I was running by people. I'm really? not lying. Really? Yeah. It was that slow. In my world, I waved at these guys, but you never saw it. Right. But I mean, in my world, I, I did like this, right? <laughs> and, but nobody ever saw that, right? It was you like. literally like the Matrix. It was weird, yeah. That's and 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 that happened several times. But I mean, to have, you know, to to get in that groove in the world's biggest stage when everybody's watching. And I remember, um, you know, since everybody's always talking about Russia, um, uh, I think it was President Reagan at the time said that uh, 
<laughs> he got a call from <laughs> from Moscow, and they from said, "Like that, Gorbachev." I I I can't remember who it was at the time, but I think it was. But he just said, "I got a call from uh, from Russia, and they want to dismantle that secret weapon that we have." So that's what the president said about me at the, after you know after the game and stuff. So that was pretty cool. That's amazing. Who thinks about that stuff is, no, uh, when no. you're growing up? That stuff's going to happen. And all that really mattered to me was that my parents. Uh, were there and I took him on a wonderful, uh, I, I guess, uh, ride. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to have them interviewed by Phyllis George, you know, was pretty, that was pretty cool. Right. And then you come back home and everybody like thinks that, you know, the parents are stars and stuff. And as a kid, you like, that's what you want. Right. Man. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's, you want your parents to enjoy it. You know, you want to take them on a wonderful journey and a ride and stuff like that. You just want to give them back everything they gave to you. Yeah. So it's um, I feel lucky. Yeah, we are the luckiest people in the we entire are. world. More journeys to come for all of us, Marcus. Right, we thanks, appreciate man. it, man. The Hall of Famer. Thanks, so bro. Awesome. Fantastic, fun. You got it, bro. There are dudes we you hear about it all the time with guys who just put in work, 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 and they're just obsessive about their craft. That's Marcus Allen right now about golf. <laughs> I didn't know it until I watched him on the driving range. I try to tell you, and I'm like, this dude. <laughs> He just—he is obsessed, and he is crazy, crazy. He—he he cannot. And the funny thing is, he is just like a, a a pro golfer where he will hit perfect shot after perfect shot after perfect shot, and then he'll go out and hit one that's a little squirrely, that's not even terrible. And once he hits that one squirrely shot, he will lose his mind, and then hit a perfect shot right after the squirrely shot, and go, nah, he just gave. Yeah. I hate this game. Now, I will say one of the funniest moments that I ever had since we're at the Waste Management uh, Phoenix Open here in Scottsdale, one of the funniest moments that I ever had on the par 316th was with Marcus Allen, who I interviewed before he hit his shot. Now, this is how I did it. Okay. I would grab the celebrities, and, and before they hit the shot, I would interview them. Uh-huh. And then after they hit the shot, you had to come over and talk to me for a second okay. about the shot. Mm-hmm. Marcus was one of my favorite dudes because that shot for the amateurs was 132 yards. There's no water, no hazards, no nine iron. I say to Marcus that this is when we first met. It was a few years ago, so we weren't as tight as we are now. But anyway, I'm I'm telling him, you know, hey, man, how you feeling? You got nerves and stuff. And he looks at me, and he's like, cool, Marcus Allen. And he was like, bro, I'm a Super Bowl MVP. You know that? I, w- I played in the Coliseum. You understand? <laughs> 132-yard shot. No, I'm not. This is nothing. I got this. I'm going to try. I'm going to birdie this hole. Might even make a hole in one. And I was literally, I go, oh, okay, I'm sorry. My bad, yo. Show sorry, me. yeah. Show me. What's up? And he proceeds to walk up, calm and cool, and completely miss the green. No, nah. <laughs> and then tried to walk away. Well, you know how I roll. Like, how you not getting away with talking? Uh, and then walking away, and I was like, "Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, 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 Super Bowl MVP? No, no, no. Come here, homie. Yeah. I need to talk to you. Where are you going? Don't leave." And he literally walked over and sounded like a little kid who had just seen the ice cream truck drive by and had his money but missed it. And he was just going, "You know, he wanted to tee another one up." Like, he was like, couldn't believe. He looked like he was going to kick the can down the street. 
because he missed that. He couldn't believe that he had just missed that shot. It was awesome. And with, based on what I saw out of him on the range, he wanted to put another tee in the ground. He wanted to hit another one. You know he did. And that probably ate him up forever because it's one and done. When he says, I'm going to go to range and hit like a little bucket of balls, expect him to be gone for two hours. Longer. Because the day that we got up with him, he was in the early pro-am group. Oh, yeah, that's He was the right. first one out there at like 5 in the morning, 5.30. Practice him before they teed off. Played the 18 holes, <laughs> came and hung out with us, and then was back out at the range until we had left that evening. Yeah, because he didn't even go to eat. No. He went right back out to the range, and I had I left at just after 5 o'clock, I think 4 or 5 o'clock. Yeah. He was still out on the range. And this was, was the day, and this was after the day before. Correct, when he was out there playing, and he played with Richard Dent, who was funny. Richard Dent was out there getting a lesson, and Marcus did exactly what Alfonso Ribeiro does, yeah. used to do with Will Smith. Marcus Sarp just went over there and was the hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> Richard's paying for it. Marcus is listening in. Oh, all right. Getting some tips. Don't slide, swing around. Got it. <laughs> But yeah, so and then Mark he would he would uh hit a couple of sh- like you know, five, six, seven shots in a row. Yeah. He'd stop for a minute, BS with us, and then he'd go do the orange whip because he was fascinated by this the orange whip platform that was correct, which was concave. Yeah, it was almost like a, a skating like it a looked skate- like a yeah, it looked like an inverted and, ramp. And then he'd go back and hit more. And I'm like, This guy's gotta stop. <laughs> but it, he's he's all but, in. Yeah, and watching him talking smack with Reggie Jackson. That was one of those moments, too, that I I still tell people, yes, I pinch myself. Yes, I know I have the greatest, coolest, stupidest, most lucky job in the whole world that I can start a sentence with. So I'm hanging out with Marcus Allen talking smack to Reggie Jackson. It really is remarkable. Like, this so stupid. And, oh, hey, Richard Dent over there is yelling stuff across the driving range as well. So, like, that was just – that's the beauty of golf. The horror of golf is what happened to Hao Tong Lee mm-hmm. getting penalized for the new rule saying that his caddy okay, was yeah, break, in the spirit of the game. Break, okay, here. so break it down. Hao Tong Lee overseas. Okay, so first we got to talk about the new rule. Which is? Part of the new rule that started January 1st, 2019, there was a big problem on the LPGA tours where this all really comes from. And on the LPGA Tour, slow play is a huge issue. One of the slow play problems is caddies lining up players okay. for every single shot, including on the tee box, in the fairway, and on the green. So the new rule states that a caddy cannot stand behind a player lining them up as they take their stance or as they're setting up to hit a shot. Okay. Okay? If you're doing that to line your player up, it's a penalty. You are in breach of this penalty. But even in the rules, it says you have to be doing it to line your player up. So it's in basically in the spirit of the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so how Tong Lee on the 18th hole... What him and his caddy, so, he, and this was the dead giveaway. The, he's crouching down. Number one, the caddy's standing behind the ball by itself. Yep. Reading the putt. By himself, no player. By himself, no player. How Tong steps over, crouches down, gets into the catcher's position to like do the plumb bob thing. Yep. Caddy's standing behind him over his shoulder. They're talking about the line of the putt and the read for it, right? So now the caddy stand, How Tong stands up. The caddy stands there, looks at the line of the the read one more time. How Tong starts to step in, 
just to take a stance for his practice swings, not to put the putter behind the ball. Mm-hmm. So he starts to step in, and the caddy, as soon as Hao Tong does that, you can see the caddy step out of the way because mm-hmm. he realizes, no, 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 I can't be here. So you know he's not trying to line him up. In the spirit of the essence of the rule, you can clearly see. You say you cannot line him up once the ball putters behind the ball. Once the once the guy when he takes his practice strokes, when he's setting up, if he's set to take his practice strokes, the caddy can't be standing directly behind him. Now, in real life mm-hmm. and in common sense, it wouldn't make sense to line up a guy's practice stroke. It wouldn't. That's really stupid because you can do whatever you want during a practice stroke. Right. You ain't hitting the ball. So anyway, he Cal Tong was taking his practice stroke, but the caddy stepped out of the way as he stepped in to take his practice stroke. Hao Tong then steps in, hits the putt, makes the putt. Later, they go into the scoring, and they are told by the European they broke the rule. It's a two-stroke penalty. He was in fourth place. Ooh, it is a, that, and on the European tour, going from fourth to seventeenth, that's a big chunk. Wow, fourth to seventeenth. Yes, and. To the credit of players and caddies on the European Tour, like even European Tour Ryder Cup captain Paul Laurie came out and said that was absurdly just senseless. Mm-hmm. Senseless that it, it's obvious in the spirit of the game, but they have not rescinded that two-stroke penalty. I'm okay with it. The penalty? I'm okay with it because I think everyone's still learning. Now, in uh, – March, April, May, June, this it best not be happening on any tour, European or this side, or PGA. But My I'm, problem I'm, I'm is, fine with it only because we've seen this in other sports. We started football. When football couldn't get out of its own way with the helmet-to-helmet contact and all of that, and they finally figured it out. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't because now you got refs. This is what, talking to my boy, hey, shout-out to Vincey Glenn, uh, who played for the San Diego Chargers for a while, who was saying that even in like the NFC Championship game, Sometimes the moment is too big even for the refs. And, like, the penalty that was not called against the Rams in that moment that would have sent the Saints in all likelihood to the Super Bowl, the moment was too big for the ref, and he didn't throw the flag when he should have. And you know he should have when the NFL then comes out a week later and goes, one, he missed it. Two, the dude who made the helmet the helmet, $25,000 fine. My thing when it comes to golf is – Oh, I'm not letting you get back to golf yet. Okay. I'm not right. letting you get back to golf Sorry. yet. One, how many times are there missed calls in the game? All the time. Uh, that's fine. I don't Two, care about that. The, the possession prior to that, they missed a face mask, a blatant face mask on Jared Goff that would have given the Rams first and goal from like the two or three yard line. And instead of it being 23 to 20 or 20 to 20, could have been 24 20 Rams, which would have completely changed the outcome. The, the, that drive, okay? Maybe. That's one. Yep. So there was a missed call for the Rams on the other side. Yep. Number two, Drew Brees got extremely lucky on one that got thrown up that Rams fans, oh, it should have been picked. It shouldn't even come down to that point, but they didn't. That's neither here nor there. Let me ask you something. When this, when they missed the, missed the call, I love how we morphed into a football podcast. Right. <laughs> did the Saints have the lead after the field goal? That's not the point. Did they have the lead after the field goal? You know, the point, what you I'm need a, to ask just, is I need to, how much time was on the clock. Let me ask you something. Let me ask Did you they something. have the lead? Yes. 23-20. Yes. Did they, have but, an opportun- did they have an opportunity on defense to stop the Rams and end the game? 
Yes. Did they? Is there a difference between absolutely look, one if minute you, and forty seconds and man, thirty seconds? I couldn't disagree more with the after the fact complaining about this and just in sports and where we are in general. The Saints had two opportunities to end the game within their control. You can't control an official. You can control stopping the Rams All after them. you took the lead, and you can control winning the coin toss, getting the ball first in you overtime, and not, turn, and not turning and not turning it over. You could look at the you Patriots. Just, did look. they won the overtime coin toss? Scored game over. Correct. That's well. That's the thing. You can control what you do after winning or losing, and the they did. So mentally the, weak. Here's the problem. Well, the, but then you can say that about the refs, and this is why I have a problem with not being able to do something about that is because in the biggest moments, in the biggest games, the people that should be on the sidelines making the calls should be the best as well. And they typically are. It's a human moment, human so, error. Okay, but it's fixable. That's the problem. And I think that it, we, we will see that. But, but I'm, it's not fixed now. It's not fixed now. But so I'm tired that, of everyone saying that cost the Saints the Super Bowl. You don't did. know that. No, it didn't. Stop the Rams on defense, and you're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know what? Score in overtime, and you're going to the Super Bowl. You know what I can do on defense to the Rams? Stop them if there's only 23 seconds left. But let me tell you something. The, the, the game the game of football is an hour, not 23 seconds. It, it you play matter. from kickoff to I the end. I got a better shot of stopping somebody for 23 seconds than I do for a minute 40. The other, they left points on the board in the first half. It should have been 21 nothing For them to sit there... And just blame everything on one call shows that they didn't no, have the mental blame, capacity. I don't think you blame everything on one call. Hold but, on, don't get me twisted. I'm not blaming everything on one call. And you know, look, I'm Eagles dudes first. The the best thing I saw in the playoffs was Nick Foles going to Alshon Jeffries yeah, after the interception and putting his arm around to him and saying, I love you, man. That like cho- it still chokes me up to the like that that human Stuff can happen. That's why people love Nick Foles. Yeah, and that's why he's going to stay Eagles quarterback. All right, so we've that was got. The first we, thing we, said. All I'm saying is we've gotten off our rock. All this football. golf thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. It is Super Bowl week. Let's I play. got a problem with this dude, John Paramore. If he, if it's him, if it's him, because this dude is putting his name in the paper way too many times for way too many wrong reasons for overrule stuff. Then like, the governing body needs to step in and be like, stand down. It, and I'm saying this dude's, you know when he started? 76. Oh, hey, woo. Yeah. So, grouchy old dude? Maybe. It's time. Maybe. Yeah. Like, I understand the guy has a lot of awards and whatnot for being a, a referee over on the European tour. Yeah. That's, and that's fine. Look, congratulations for everything you did for back in the day. But you know what? It's time to have dinner at 3.30 in the afternoon. That's yo. it. Just enjoy the start, sunset. Start looking at some properties at the villages. Homie. <laughs> like, it's time for you to go. So, like, I'm tired of, like, that kind of stuff. When he put the penalty, he was the one to put the penalty on the amateur Chinese kid at the Masters. Mm-hmm. Got his name in the paper on that one. He was one of the guys that was, you remember when Tiger beat uh, Graham McDowell yep. coming down the stretch and Graham got put on the clock on the last hole mm-hmm. when there was no group in front of him or behind him? Yeah. Guess who that was? Uh, hey, guy got to get his name in the paper again. Like, this dude spends way too much time now getting his name in the newspaper and on TV and whatnot and not enough time just sitting back and being a grandfather. Like, it's time for you to go, brother. Pretty like, sure in the 70s they still use woods. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's the term, hit it on the screws. Yeah, they were, yeah, 
That's exactly right. right. Yeah, wound, wound a lot of balls back in the day. Which, look, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on this dude for what he did for the game back in the day. No. Like, he got plenty of awards and all that. That's fine. But this dude's time was up about 10 years it's ago. It's like anything. Yeah, time is time. Like, it's time. Yeah, it's time. And, and you need to not be the guy that loves his power. Yeah. That's another thing that's a little bit of a problem. You like seeing your name in the paper a little too much. Yeah, we, that's not your job as an official. Your job is how official. old I am. I kept using the term the paper. The paper, like right. Like anybody gets the paper. He wanted but above. I don't want to say get your name in the internet. You, <laughs> you know, got to sound right. You got to stop trying to be above the fold. <laughs> All right. So, I don't even know what that means. I know you don't. See? It's a journalist. You, you wouldn't. You're not a journalist. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we want to get to our call this week again. The number on the eight six zero five zero six six zero one two is the listener line. That's eight six zero five zero six six zero one two. That's the Maddie and the Caddy listener line, and we got a good one. We did. This is from our guy Philip. This is the call we chose this week. He's like, "What's up, Maddie and Caddy? My name is Philip. Huge fan of you guys, and listen to you every week." I got the once-in-a-lifetime chance to caddy for my dad at the Waste Management Pro-Am on the Wednesday before the tournament, and I knew you guys would be there. Really just wanted to ask you a question to caddy, to the caddy. Any tips for your boy to make sure I don't mess up with the bag on my shoulder on that Wednesday? A couple tips would be awesome, but I look forward to seeing you guys at the tournament. Definitely going to come up to the table and say what up. But, yeah, love you guys. Love the podcast. And I'll see you in Phoenix. Philip, we appreciate the call. Yeah, man. So you're the professional caddy. Yep. I've only caddied in one pro am. You've done this for you your were my fill in. I was your fill in. So please give him like some, some expert stuff. It is the one time where I'll tell him what I did because I didn't know any better. Well, here's the, the tip that I give people that always the first time you caddy in a pro am follow the pros caddy. That's, Smart. That is one of the best things you can do. Smart. Is walk right over to the pros caddy and introduce yourself. Tell them it's your first time. Tell them, hey, man, I'm going to watch what you do and, like, show me. Show yep. me where to stand so I'm not in anybody's way, having a good time. Number two, remember for the day you are working for your pops. Keep them clubs clean. Keep them in the order that he likes them in. Like, everything that you're doing is to give him the most enjoyable opportunity to have that that's day right possible so keeping everything clean make sure and encouraging be always be encouraging there's no such thing as negative brother yeah Do hey not great be negative that's all right hey next shot's gonna be great yeah that's or a great shot you're yes. gonna make the putt yeah nice always shot. be encouraging yeah yeah we got this we got this like everything positive you don't you don't want to say to some to a player hey don't hit it left of the waters over there especially your dad in a pro-am where he's yes. gonna be nervous anyway correct you want to be we got a lot of room on the right-hand side. Just throw it out to the right. Don't say, hey, watch out for the water on the left. Always stay positive and always stay in the positive area where things can be good. Even if he hits a bad shot, then if he looks down, say something to perk him up, cheer him up. Now, sometimes if your dad's a really good golfer, you can let him stay kind of in that moment of being pissed off for a second. Yep. Because that will give him his own kick in the butt. And then when it's time, you're like, all right, ready? Let's do this. And, like, you got to have the confidence for him to pour that into him. So, And that's fun, man. It's a good time. But I would say, too, like, it, it enjoy the moment of if yeah. you see something funny in the gallery or people walking around, point it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, if you, like the mountains that are surrounding TPC Scottsdale, the stadium course, are magnificent. Yeah. I mean, it's a great area. Just growing up here. I grew up in Scottsdale. Um, I just love this area. So – Notice little things like that. I always yeah. use this quote uh, that I hear a lot of times with athletes and coaches. Be where your feet are. 
That's a great one. And that's a that's a turn. Just be present. Be where your feet are. And the nice thing about this tournament is it will be very easy on a lot of holes to tell your dad how much longer do you think she'll last in those stilettos. <laughs> yeah, look at that one. Yeah, like you're going to see a lot of wedges being worn, <laughs> and then there's going to be a lot of people getting carted off because of, oh, yeah. because of twisted ankles. Yeah. This is probably the tournament that has the most sprained ankles of any. But number one – have fun, man. If you're having fun and your dad sees you're having fun, he's probably going to have fun too. That's right. And, and that's the key. The best thing you said, though, and Philip will leave you with this, go to the pro. Because our pro and the one that I did was Ken Duke. Yeah. And so I went to his caddy, and I'm like, here's the deal. I've never <laughs> done this before. I play a lot of golf. Uh, George and I, we, we get along. We're, we're great. I was like, but do me a favor. If I'm in the way, yell at me. If I do something stupid, throw a ball at me. <laughs> Whatever you got to do, you're my yeah. – and he he laughed and loved it. He's like, oh, good, man. I'll, I'll help you out. Because the pro caddies love that because so many of the amateurs yeah. don't. So lean so on that. just lean on the pro caddy that's there, follow him around like a puppy dog, and trust me, your day is going to be awesome. Keep some balls in your bib, extra balls in your oh, yeah. bib. Don't don't go to the bag. Keep the balls in the bib. Correct. Balls, tees, whatever you need. Yes. You know, it has hydration, hydration. Yeah. Make sure there's plenty to drink. I know it weighs the bag down, but trust me, by like the 14th hole, you will thank me for drinking as much water as you drink because you're probably not going to pee. Be where your feet are. We'll leave you with that. So, Philip, we appreciate the call. We appreciate everybody that download all of the compliments on the Reggie Jackson podcast. We're glad you felt the way we did about it. Yeah. Uh, and our thanks to Reggie and our thanks to Marcus Allen and everybody uh, who's been there with us. So, again, social media, at Maddie and Caddy, M-A-T-T-Y, the word, and C-A-D-D-I-E. And the listener line, one more time. 860-506-6012. Next week, we will recap our experience here at the Waste Management Phoenix Open for the Caddy. Michael Cobb. I'm the Maddie. This is the Maddie and Caddy Podcast. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.